Welcome to Wicked Wednesdays. This is episode 38. Yep. We. Uh, this is Shelly. What's up? This is Alan. Um, tonight we are going to cover some 13 Alabama ghosts. Ghost shit! The reason why we're covering this is because this is probably, if you live in Alabama, um, your first, what, would you call it your first brush with ghosts yeah like the first thing you read it's in like all the <clears throat> elementary school um libraries you know during halloween the teachers sometimes will break it out oh and, yeah um i mean even if you don't like ghosty stuff it, it's almost like a rite of passage you know you don't you don't have to be a fan of scary stories you're gonna know about jeffrey and one of the cool things is is like two of the ghost stories that we were going to talk about um anyway are actually in this this is like where you first learn about them um so we're gonna cover we're gonna try and cover all of them um i don't have the book here with me so we're kind of gonna go we're kind of gonna have to go off of wikipedia and like what we remember yeah I mean. um so if we don't have it all right it's just because of the fact that like we may have forgotten something and um, some of the stories aren't covered. I mean, I'm sure if, you know, there was, if I had the book here, but it would take hours to go through the book. Because it wasn't just one 13 Ghost of Alabama. She did 13 more ghosts. She did 13 Ghosts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. Don't remember if she got Florida. It was just 13 more Southern Ghosts. Okay, but I mean, they... they I mean, and that book covered everywhere. But, you know, but we're just going to talk about the ones in Alabama. But... Um, it wasn't, the book wasn't so much geared towards children, it was just a way of, like, entertaining, um, families. Yeah. Like, it was, it, like, it had entertained, like, generations, like, these stories go back to, like, the early, like, you know, Civil War era, um, or, you know, somewhere between the Civil War era and the 30s is, like, where these, the, the origins of these stories start. Um, but before we get into that, we have a lot of weird news, or at least what I feel like is a lot. Um, so y'all ever seen The Hills Have Eyes or Wrong Turn? Those fuckers are real, and they eat meth sandwiches. <laughs> you want to get into the basic, you want to get to the stuff? Um, well, okay, um. We're so, in Kentucky, by the way, not Alabama. This was, yeah, thank fucking God, I thought it was Arkansas. Oh, okay, maybe it was Arkansas. Oh. It was one of them. I'll Google it, but um, this brother and sister got pulled over by the cops, and the sister told the cops if she popped dirty for meth, it was because her brother had given her a meth sandwich. Had forced her to eat a meth sandwich. Would they have like mayonnaise on it? Methase, <laughs> methase, and meth methstered. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. They, I don't. They look like that they had. That there was some definite deep inbreeding in that family. <laughs> yeah, that family tree did not fork. That was like one of the ones that was dead and just had one long branch. You know, I'm just, I'm just happy. It, it was Arkansas. It was Arkansas. <laughs> seriously, this dude, he got one eye this big, and one eye this little. And I went, let me use my strong eye. I mean, I, I don't feel bad making fun of these people. Come on, they're making meth sandwiches. <laughs> um, but their names were uh, Elizabeth Marie Catlett and Don Russell Fur. Fur. F-U-R-R. Was that her brother or did she just say that her brother had made her eat the sandwich? No, that's her brother. <laughs> <laughs> Don Russell Fur, <laughs> and this motherfucker got one big eye, one little eye, and an ear on like down below his jaw, and an ear above his jaw. <laughs> she don't look that much. She look much better. She looks like a man, <laughs> an ugly man. 
She makes Arlene Warnos look sexy. Uh, I'm frightened of both of these people. <laughs> Seriously, they probably killed and eaten somebody. <laughs> I mean, just thank God it wasn't in Alabama. <sighs> yeah, official Alabama St. Motto, at least we ain't Mississippi or Arkansas. <laughs> okay, so methamphetamine sandwiches. What else are we going to talk Spongebob? Oh my God. Okay, so I don't know how many of y'all have... If y'all are paying attention to any of the political shit that's going on. But it's getting real deep. It's like this whole woke culture shit is, is ridiculous. This, this, and I think, it, I feel like that this is like some sort of joke that like, that, that I don't, I don't know. I just, I can't believe that this is real. But apparently this professor, um... I want to say that... It was in Washington State. Yeah, but they were writing a thing about, like, Hawaii. Okay. Or about, like, the Pacific Islands or whatever. And they were talking about how that Spongebob is racist and promotes violence. And it uh, glorifies the, um, what you call it, the, uh, how did they put it? colonialization yeah the colonialization of different countries or, or different you know indigenous peoples and that it whitewashes the United States government use of nuclear weapons I'm curious okay I, I can actually get the article yes but here's it the is thing. by Holly M Barker yes and the whole premise is, is because, you know, there's that whole fan theory that Bikini Bottom takes place in uh, the Bikini Atoli, which is where, you yeah. know, they dropped off. Don't blow that in my face. Where they dropped off the nuclear bombs? Yeah, and <clears throat> I think it was like 26 bombs. Something like that. Anyway, and basically the area is unlivable. Now, like, the, the United States government went in and they moved all the people out of this area. They, you know, I don't think anybody lived there. Period. No, they before they they dropped the bombs on it. They went in and they made all the natives that lived there, all the people who you know that was their home. They made them pack up and they moved them. Okay. And then they started dropping these bombs and stuff. And now it's like completely uninhabitable. I think there's like five people that actually like live there. And wow. that's like their. It's this, this, like their job to live there, to like, you know, watch over shit. That's and, a shitty job. And, uh, I don't think they actually live there. I think they just live, like, in, like, in the, the safe area, I guess. Okay. But anyway, so the fan theory is, is that, um, Bikini Bottom is at the bottom of this area. And that the fish and Spongebob and all them are, like, um, there's, they're... they're um, radioactive, like, you know, fallout. Yeah, like they're uh, genetically mutated from the radio, the radiation, or whatever. And that's why they can talk. Yeah. Doesn't explain why there's a fucking squirrel in a spacesuit. But I digress. Anyway, um, she likes Pantera. Anyway, no, she does. There's no episode of SpongeBob with Pantera. Okay, but anyway, they um, anyway, this this. I've read the article, I've read what she wrote, and it gives me a headache. And I find it absolutely fucking ridiculous that this is, like, if this is something that she wrote, like, like seriously, and this is not just her, like, trying to troll some shit, I'm deeply concerned about what's going on in our colleges. I, I can't. I can't. I white girl can't. I just can't, okay? You know why white girls always uh, have <laughs> in odd numbers, don't you? Because they can't even. I just really want to punch you right now. <laughs> anyway. What's a ghost's favorite kind of bees, everybody? Boobies! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That joke was funny. Okay. Anyway. But so yeah. This is um it's just gotten ridiculous. 
the fact that now Spongebob is like one of the most happiest, luckiest little fellas. And look, I was watching Tim Pool and Tim Pool was talking about it. He was talking about how that Spongebob is like a menace to society because he can't drive. And he endangers people's lives trying to drive and shit. And while look, I get that, okay? But it's just because Spongebob is like, he's kind of stupid, you know yeah. what I mean? He's just Spongebob. But come on now, it's a fucking cartoon. It's a cartoon. It doesn't normalize anything. Nobody says, nobody sets out to be Spongebob. <laughs> Even little kids realize that it's a fucking cartoon. He's a sponge. Yeah. He's not a person. No. I mean, I've met some people who are, you know, straight up Patrick Stars. Yeah. <clears throat> but. <laughs> oh, my God. So, look. <laughs> I'm going to tell the people the podcast while I tell you. You know how you, like, fucked up my new stove? <laughs> Letting shit drop in the bottom of it. Okay. And then you drop tea on my new carpet. <laughs> And bought baby shoes. <laughs> and bought size 13 toddler shoes. <laughs> I told Brady that your new superhero name is Master Destroyer. And <laughs> she said, she said, we got to get you a cape. <laughs> I'm down with that. Can you give me one of the Mikea rugs? <laughs> no, it's not. No, we're talking about. One of those like gay ass. We're gonna take a just put like a D with a circle right it on the on the back of a white towel. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> you keep tearing shit up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. It's okay. Anyway, it's late, y'all. <laughs> anyway, um. But, yeah, Spongebob. The fuck? Spongebob and meth sandwiches. And I know we had more to talk about strange shit, but I can't remember what it is now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's late. But, I still just don't like the fuck. There was something else we were going to talk about. Right, what was it? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this. I was looking at Wikipedia. And we're going to look at the... 13 ghosts and kind of talk about maybe not all of them but just different ones I, was, I find an AL.com thing that just kind of skims through oh, okay. but uh Catherine Tucker Wyndham you know we talked about this was almost like not required reading but just about every kid in Alabama's play looked at these books mm-hmm. I'll tell a story about Jeffrey go for it okay. but I love the writer she uh this, the books were very popular and this is from Wikipedia uh some people said, you know, they didn't promote Christian beliefs, they weren't compatible with Christian beliefs, and the writer, Catherine Tucker Wyndham, she's passed away now, but she said uh, she built the coffin. She built her own coffin and had it in her garage. Yeah. She's an interesting lady, and she oh, told... she's a, very eccentric. She told other stories and stuff, but she was getting letters that people said, you know, she was going to hell and all this, and she said in her interview with Birmingham, the Birmingham News, and I love this, if I'm going to hell, and I can't deny that because it's not for me to judge, it won't be for telling ghost stories. I have far greater shortcomings than that. Well, the thing is about her, she is a folklorist. I mean, she didn't just tell ghost stories. She had books, and she had written articles and papers about everything from the Native Americans that were here to, you know, um, the first, you know, the first colonists that came to Alabama to... Um, Civil War stories, um, I mean, everything, and <clears throat> her, um, she had gone to Huntington, and the house that she grew up in, Selma, was haunted, and when she was little, she, like, just named the ghost, um, uh, what you call it, Freddie. Jeffrey? Jeffrey, that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. And she'd named the ghost Jeffrey, and her whole, like, weird shit would happen at her house, but it wasn't, like, anything, like, like, bad or anything like that. Like, it was just, like, stuff would get moved, stuff would come out missing, they'd hear, you know, um, footsteps, um, you know, that would just, it was nothing that she was ever, like, terrified of. And so, after she had left college and she'd gone back home, um, she... 
I had, there was like a group of girls at her house, and um, <clears throat> they had decided to play with a Ouija board and contact Jeffrey. And so, I don't know why I said Freddie. I don't know, anyway. They had tried to contact, they were going to try and contact Jeffrey. And while they were doing that, um, I want to say it was like, so like a party. It was like a birthday party or something. Um, she, um, she, um, uh, she, um, somebody took a picture. Mm-hmm. And in, like, where the girls were sitting, there's this, like, humanoid, like, whitest shape. shape. Yeah. You know? Um, didn't really have any kind of definition to it, but it was just, like, kind of, it kind of had, I guess, you know, the humanoid shape to it or whatever. And the picture, like, it freaked her out, but she knew of this other lady, what's her name? Catherine, um, the other, the other lady who wrote the books, who helped write the books. No, the, um, what's her face? Uh, Catherine took a window, is this who it is? But the ghost, she wrote it with Margaret Fay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so I trying to think of Margaret Fay. She was the she was like into ghosts. That's what she wrote about was ghost stories. And <clears throat> she contacted her because, she, like I said, she had gone to Huntington, so she knew about that. She'd grown up with Jeffrey, but she knew about that. And then she had this picture. And so um, Margaret was into ghosts and was like a ghost hunter type situation. So she contacted her, and they started talking about Jeffrey, and then. From them discussing the different things, you know, and experiences, all this kind of stuff, and um, Catherine getting really interested in it, and of course her love for folklore, she decided to, they decided together to write Jeffrey the 13 Old Anna Ghost. So, the actual first thing that you find out about in like the foreword of the book is about Jeffrey. And about her growing up with Jeffrey and the picture of him is in there and all that. And then it goes into the different stories. And, um, what are you doing? I'm looking. Because, you know, when I was getting some, the couple questions we asked. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so... The first story is The Ghost of the Angry Architect, and that's in Lawrence County, which is like an, up in North <coughs> Alabama. And, um, I think this place has been torn down now, but uh, it was built in 1858 by a, a local attorney and farmer, Jane, James Edmund Saunders. Um, it says... The house was built by a Frenchman, and Saunders had refused to pay his bills. Shortly thereafter, the architect died. His ghost then returned to haunt the estate, chipping away the foundation of the cellar. As the story goes, the sounds of this ghostly hammering echoes from the lower levels of Rocky Hill, as for long as the house stood. Um, of course, in the 1950s and the 60s, they used it on postcards to kind of like as a... Um, to get people to come up there and like, you know, tourist attraction type thing. Um, but the thing was, is they tore it down in the 60s. Um, so, I mean, people still go up there to kind of look at the, um, the rubble, mm-hmm. I think. I don't, I don't even know if anything's still standing now, but I know that like, when I was little, um, I wasn't little, I was like in my teens. Um, they talked about there was still like parts of the the foundation that people would go to because supposedly you could still hear the the chipping of it. But yeah. um, then of course there was the death lights in the tower, and this was taking this took place in Tuscaloosa, which is like about an hour, um, like maybe thirty minutes from here, depending on how you drive. Um. And it's set in the Drish Mansion in, Tus- the Drish Mansion in Tuscaloosa. Friends with the lady that does that is the that runs that now. Um. Okay. Basically, this mansion there's a tower 
and people from all over the area. Um, Sarah Drish died in 1884. Um, a local was alarmed to the scary fire burning in the front tower of the home. An emergency call was made, yet when responders arrived, no fire burned. These phantom fire sightings happened repeatedly. Some surmised that it was Sarah's spirit living in the tower that set the space ablaze. Um, it was built in 1837 by Dr. John R. Drish. The house has been used as an auto parts store, a school, and a church. It is now a venue for weddings and events. Uh, oh, this one is in Perry County. It's called the Faithful Vigil at Carlisle Hall. And this is supposedly a ghost of a young woman who waits on the fourth floor for her lover to return. Yeah, I gotta remember, these stories are a lot longer in the book. This is oh, just yeah. an article that's basically summarizing where they are and what supposedly happens in them. Um, let's see. The house was completed in 1860. It was designed by architect Richard Upjohn. Um, it has had a gas plant to fill the gas lights when it was first built. Um... So, yeah, apparently there's a girl that wanders around. Now, this one is, this, okay, the fourth one is a specter in the maze at Cahaba. It says, the ghost town of Alabama's first capital city, now old Cahaba archaeological site. It's just Cahaba. They yeah. Spell it wrong, yeah. Um, the tale involves the Salt Marsh House and other sites at the state's first capital which is now a historical attraction known as Old Cahaba Archaeological Site. The spectral sightings are described as glowing orbs in the long gone garden of the home of C.C. Pigs. The Salt Marsh House, uh, the Salt Marsh House was one of many that was left to ruin when the town was abandoned. Today you can tour the site and see ruins of the former town and the roadbeds as they were originally laid out. Which is so weird because I've seen pictures of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is just like an abandoned town. But oh, that was like our capital. Yeah. And they just like, they just up and like left it. And it's fucking weird. Okay, this is, this one was the Phantom Standby of the Tom Bigby River. Um, this was about a, um, a, a steamboat, the Eliza Battle, which burned in 1858, killing 33 people. Um, and sending remaining passengers in the frigid March waters. Uh, let me see. Since her demise, the, the Eliza Battle, the Eliza Battle has entered lore as they, as a ghost ship. People report seeing her out in the bay. Uh, it says, <laughs> Sardine Graham Stone was captain of the Eliza battle and survived the burning of the ship. Stone ordered a mate to head toward the riverbank, but the tiller rope had burned. He died in 1864 and is buried in historic Magnolia Cemetery in Mobile. Um, let's see. The Unquiet Ghost at Gainswood. It's in Demopolis. Uh, the massive home is said to be haunted by the ghost of a nanny named Evelyn Carter who died in the home. Numerous people have reported over the years that they have heard voices and playing on this piano. Um, okay, this is what we were talking about the other day. And I'm a, this one I'm going to talk a little bit more about because I actually know what this one's about because I've seen this. Okay. Um, it's the face in the courthouse windows. Pickens County Courthouse in Carrington, Alabama. Carrollton, Alabama. Okay. There's some contention about this. Because if you know the story, um, then, which I'm sure most of y'all don't, there was um, Nathaniel Pierce in September of 1777. Um, he was lynched supposedly for raping a white woman and in Pickens County there were 15 lynchings mm -hmm. um, in total I think from like eight from the 1870s to like 1945 which still that's a lot yeah I mean um, 
I think there's like the most lynchings in any county in the state who happened up you know there so anyway that next January um, when the Union came through and they burned the original courthouse the people who rebuilt the um, courthouse they had to basically scrape but the town had to get together and put all their money and all of their time and supplies and all stuff to rebuild this courthouse because the union had just burned it to the ground so they were like super fucking proud of this courthouse and so in January of 17 let me make sure I think 1778 or something you know, I'm sorry 18 yeah it was 18 1878 um the uh there was a robbery and on the night of the robbery the courthouse was set on fire well the robbers were supposedly supposed to be these two black guys one of them's name was um uh hold on Henry Wells and the other one's name I cannot remember now I just looked it up and I just knew it but I couldn't pronounce it that well but anyway Henry Wells had there was another guy besides him Henry Wells was known for being he was a freedman he was um he was he was real rough and tumble kind of guy and he was always known to carry a switchblade I mean yeah, but these were like gotta remember these are stories that were told to to make what happened okay so we don't know if this is true about this man um because you know you gotta remember Alabama was by this point in time in history the southern democrats had taken back over they had enacted laws that basically you know made white supremacy you know the thing black people even though they weren't slaves they still basically were treated like slaves and so lynching one was just not even an issue so anyway um they found out that these two guys supposedly had robbed this store well they go to the one guy they arrest him he admits to being part of the robbery but he tells them that Henry Wells is the one that set the jail on fire not the jail, the courthouse on fire so they go to arrest him they go to arrest Henry Wells he tries to flee from them he gets shot um, not doesn't kill him but it, it injures him he goes <coughs> they, they manage to arrest him they take him to the courthouse well over the day throughout the, that next day over the day while he's there at the courthouse townspeople start showing up and as the day goes on like people start getting drunk and they start getting rowdy and you know it's it's, it's getting to where it's, it's it's becoming a lynch mob and the sheriff doesn't really know what to do um and he is like you know he's trying to keep them out of the courthouse but um anyway it gets to be that night and there's a storm coming in and Henry Wells is standing in the courthouse window <clears throat> and they had they were there was new windows that were set to be installed anyway so the windows that were in there were the um I forget what they called them. Were they leaded glass? Yeah, okay. they were like the old leaded, mm -hmm. like you, like you know, with distorted shit, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, cause like I said, you know, as they were building it, this was in general, so they had to have windows in it, or it was the or the courthouse would get ruined because you know the Alabama weather. So, anyway. He's standing there in this window, and he's seeing all these people like come up into the the um, the area uh, in front of the courthouse, and it starts. The storm comes in, and part of the legend part of the legend is that he um, yelled out, "You know, you're gonna be sorry um, if y'all kill me. I'll haunt you forever," yeah. or some shit along those lines. Well, supposedly, like, right after he yells this, 
you know, the lightning flashes and some of them say that it hit the window, which if, that, if it hit the window, when so, if it had hit the window, then, you know, it probably would have set the building on fire yeah. and it would have killed him. But, <clears throat> um, you know, the, I don't really know what happened. I just saw that lightning flash. I don't know how this happened, but anyway, they stormed. They stormed the courthouse. They drug him out. There's some 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 things say that they killed him that night. They lynched him, full on lynched him, and hung him. Other things say that like he was being beaten by the mob. The sheriff got him, brought him back in, but he died a couple of days later of his his injuries. Either way, he dies. Um, and then they notice that in that window there is a face in the window well they go up there they clean the window it won't come off so then they in february through march they replaced all the windows in the courthouse mm -hmm. of that year and it's still there so then they like then there was a hailstorm and it broke out every window but that one so they went so they decided okay well, we're going to replace all of them again they replaced all of them again including that one and the, it's still there over the years they have continuously replaced these windows they have cleaned them with gasoline they have cleaned them with tons of shit mm -hmm. it never goes away it's gotten to the point now where, because of the fact that the city was having some some financial issues and whatever, and because of the fact that this story was in the book, that I want to say in the 70s or, 70s or, I don't know, maybe it was the 80s, they installed binoculars on a building across the street. So people could get a better look at it because people didn't believe that it was there. They have had numerous people come out. Or no, I'm sorry, it was 2000 something because they were, they were going to tear the, the building down. And so they needed, they were trying to get funds. But anyway, they've had numerous like debunkers to come out there. And, you know, they've said if it was like because of skylines or trees or whatever to try and see what this face is and it's it's just there it's you know and the thing is, is if you go on the inside and you're looking out from the inside there's no distortion like it's not like there's like there's, there's something on the inside you can only see it from the outside yeah and um but there's pictures of it. There are videos. I mean, like you can, you can. I mean, you can look it up. It's there. Um, I had a buddy whose granddad was mayor of that town in the uh, mid '90s, and he'd go visit him in the summer. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really want you going in that room much at the time, but they let him in there. Mm -hmm. And he said that window pane. You know, they let him touch it and stuff. Mm -hmm. He said it was. And this was in the summer, this Alabama summer, you know. Mm -hmm. It was like that window pane, he said, was always colder than the other ones. I don't know anything about that. I just and know that, like... He said, you know, that they they even, uh, he even let, his granddad was even, like, watch and had him clean the windows while he was there. I mean, that's the thing is, like, you know... They have cleaned it from the insides to yeah. outsides. I mean, you know, and I mean it's a big deal with that. I mean, like now they even have like a a, a road sign, mm -hmm. like pointing to the courthouse yeah. because, like, you know, it's a big deal. But um, they uh, I want to say, what was it? I went up there one time. It was like all of us went there for something. I can't remember what it was, but I remember like you know it being pointed out, and I didn't I didn't remember that until mm -hmm. I was talking to my mom about it, and she said we went up there. Cool. But um, 
anyway, that was that one, and then, um, let's see, there's the Mobile Pipe Smoking Captain, um, that's basically a guy with a pipe that walks around, um, a house, and Mobile, uh, um, anyway, this one's kind of cool, the hole that will not stay filled, it's, uh, Highway 134, it's the bridge over the chalk, the, I can never pronounce it, chalk the hot watchy, chalk, I've never heard of it, okay. chalk tall watchy maybe, yeah, anyway, we got a lot of shit right here you can't pronounce, yeah. um, it's, a. Uh, Okay, so this tale is set at the site where Methodist minister William Bill Skeeto Sr. was hanged during the Civil War. Legends often say that he was hanged on trumped-up charges for deserting the Confederate Army, although details vary. When he was hanged, his executioners dug a hole beneath his feet to accommodate his height. For the next 125 years, people claimed the hole would always return no matter how many times it was filled. The hole disappeared in the last couple of years when the area was flooded, but people continued to visit. A marker showing above was erected nearby detailing the legend. Okay, this next one's a red lady of Huntington College. Okay, I have a friend of mine who went to Huntington. Mm -hmm. She played softball there. And um, we used to go up there and visit her on weekends. It was um, Kelly's sister, okay? And so we were like 16, well, yeah, 16, 17 years old going up there hanging out with her and the first time we went up there we didn't even go to Huntington we went to because by this point she lived in a house off of campus mm -hmm. and there's a place in Prattville called the Crosses have you ever heard of it? Yeah. there was a guy his wife and his son died by a drunk driver and he was already a minister and he had this tiny little church across from his house that the people he had a trailer park that was behind his house this big piece of property was a trailer park and so the people in that trailer park and his family would go to his little chapel that was right there in front of his house and when his wife and his son died he like lost his shit and then that's when he started putting up first it was the three crosses of kind of like you know the the crucifixion yeah. you know is he also the guy with the go to church and the devil will get you son no, but he has signs like that on his property. He's dead now. But, anyway, I want to say the crosses are still there because they designated it like an Alabama landmark mm -hmm. and like an art, an art an art installation. It's crazy. Anyway, he has like, there was like baby dolls hanging up that had like, it was crazy. And then there's like, he had a washing machine and dryers on it that said, prayer, go to hell. There's crosses. I mean, like, this is spooky as fucking shit. And we used to go up there. I have a picture of me and Kelly. And, I was, of course, I'm smoking a cigarette. We're, like, we're, we're like, arm in arm. And you can just barely see the crosses behind us because we took a picture there. Because it was middle of the night, so you couldn't see anything. But, anyway, um, we used to go out there all the time. And then um, there was... Uh, Anyway, getting back to Huntington. So, I asked her one time if this story was true. And she said that there's, depending on the story that's in here, that's, which I'm just going to get to, that's like the main legend. Yeah. Right? But stuff has happened since then. And like the dorm that she was in, because Pratt Hall, they haven't used Pratt Hall as a dorm in a long time. Um, I don't even know if it's still, I don't even know if they still use it for anything. They might have shut it down. But anyway, the story of the original Red Lady was when Huntington was up in Tuskegee. And it was just one night, these girls noticed that there was a woman dressed in red with a red parasol. She walked down the hallway, out the door, down through the, the front of the, the, the commons of the school, and out the gate. And that was it. They, they never saw her again. Well, then they moved the college down to Montgomery, and this the name changed and all that. Supposedly, this girl from New York, whose um, grandmother or something, um, was supposed to take and be uh, an alumni there. Her father made her go there. Well, she couldn't make any friends. Nobody liked her. She was surly. 
she hated it there anyway. There's like this long story about how she started acting weird, all this kind of stuff. Blah, 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 blah. She kills herself. And then supposedly after that, um, these red lights would, um, like flash from underneath her doorway. And they would see her walking up and down the hallways. Okay. Uh, well, my friend was like, well, she's like, stuff like that happened there. That there was all, like there was a lot of weird shit. And like, if you go to Huntington's website, they'll talk about the different ghosts and stuff that they have there mm -hmm. on campus because it's always like the thing that colleges do. But there was one particular like in where she or her dorm that she was in. Um, somebody was cooking on a hot plate. And the room caught on fire, and the girl couldn't get out, and she died. Well, her door got burnt, like the inside of the door was burnt. Well, they repainted the door, and um, that they 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 cleaned it up and everything. Um, and the room always smelled like smoke. And then they noticed that. The door, even though you would repaint it, you could see the soot through it. Like, mm -hmm. it always looked like it was burnt and whatever. And then people started complaining about how that there was somebody, like, knocking on their door every night. And it got so bad that they shut that hallway down. Like, nobody lived on that hallway. They moved everybody out. They redid the dormitories and stuff, and nobody lived in that hallway. And I don't know why that's never made it into one of the things but like it used to flip her out because she lived in that dorm and she was like you could hear somebody walking down the hallway you get knocks on the door you know and it was like finally because there was so many complaints and once they moved them off of that floor you didn't have any issues yeah it was just that floor and it was always at the same time. And they even, like, the, it even got to the point to where the chick who was, like, that floor's, like, RA, I guess, or whatever. Mm -hmm. They, like, stayed up to try and figure out, like, if it was just somebody being an asshole and doing it. And they never saw anybody. Yeah. So, you know, then the shit just kept happening. And it was just, like, noises you would hear. Like, stuff like, you know, it was just, it, like, creeped people the fuck out. So, they eventually moved everybody. And, um, so, she was super happy to get off campus. Because she said, like, can't, she said the campus there just, like, was creepy as shit. Montevallo has a similar story about the, somebody dying in a fire. It was, a uh, and I remember this, it was, a uh, Condi Cunningham. It was in like 1900, 1909, something like that. They were making fudge in her room and it caught on fire. And she died and it was in main hall. Yeah. They don't use that room anymore. They changed the door because they said like every time, you know, they put a new door on there, there's a face that would appear and like the f look like somebody consumed in fire. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there wasn't anything about like, knocking or walking up and down the hall uh -huh. but uh the the last door they took off that room before they quit sealed it off you know they put it oh, in october they put it in the library you could go look at it um i mean like the door that they, they only like as far as i know that door that they painted it's just the room smelt like yeah. smoke no this room but never, the thing is that's not that's not unheard of especially like if the walls aren't sealed well yeah um and I keep talking about Alabama weather. The humidity is so bad here that if you don't use like bathroom um, paint, you're gonna have like swelling in your walls and shit because the humidity is just yeah. so bad. Like you like using normal paint, you're gonna have issues. So you have so like it's it's a big deal to use like the Kills bathroom primer before you paint your walls. Um, <clears throat> And so, if they didn't like prime the walls right and whatever, you're gonna smell that. Okay. And like, I mean, my door in my bedroom, I had drawn um, a tribal sun on my bedroom door. Remember that? Mm -hmm. 
and like all my friends had signed it we painted that door twice white and you could still see it like bled through yeah so that wasn't the scary part of it it was just the fact that like it smelled bad and like freaked people out being in there like, no, like nobody wanted and like but it was the knocking on the doors and like the walking in the hallway because that hadn't happened before that yeah and it just happened so often so but that's some of the 13 ghosts um there's other ones but they really aren't that like um there's, there's really not anything about them. I mean, there's one about the crying spirit of the well, and that's a slave who fell into the well and drowned. And so, um, you're, you know, you're supposedly like you can hear hear them crying. And then the thirteenth one is a dancing ghost of Grant of Grant or Harrison. Um, he has to be buried in a tomb in his feather bed with his dancing shoes tucked beneath. Upon his death, Harrison's instructions were carried out. An unusual quest gave rise to legends. People would report passing the odd-looking tomb and hearing the strains of a fiddle and the accompanying tappings of clogs. He said they could hear a man's voice calling square dancing moves. Anyway, that wraps up our talk about 13, some of the 13 ghosts. Uh, let's go talk about a little bit about Montevallo, which is supposed to be one of the most haunted campuses in the country. And Really? What? That's such bullshit. I don't know. Montevallo's like that big. Okay. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's where he went to college. Anyway. <laughs> So, um, it had been, part of it had been like a Civil War hospital. It had all kind of stuff happen. Anyway, so I lived in a, I can't remember the name of my dorm, but some crazy shit happened there. Uh, it was late September, early October. Uh, me and my roommate, we hadn't been there long. And uh, one night I came home from work and he had left a note. Tell him, you know, he had gone to Birmingham to go to a show, uh, see some band play, okay. And this was early 2001, and, or, you know, toward the end of 2001, and cell phones really weren't that prevalent. So, so okay. So I got ready, went to bed, and, you know, I was asleep, and I, it sounded like he came in the rooms, okay. Didn't really, you know, I woke up, but I really didn't, didn't think nothing of it because I knew he was coming home. Well, it sounded like he was wheezing real bad, and, you know, that happened before, but I knew, you know, it was getting time where people would start getting colds and stuff, okay, he's got a cold. So I'm laying there in the bed, and we had put our beds together to make bunk beds to give us more room. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, um, I'm laying there. And I hear him, you know, get in the top bunk, and I look up, and I see an indention where, you know, somebody be laying there. So, okay, well, the wheezing got worse, so I got out of bed to check on him. Well, there was nobody in the top bunk, and I could hear the wheezing. And I just remember I was tired, it was late, and I was like, I don't have time for your shit. Can you come back later? And I watched... The mattress, because I'm standing there, and I watched the mattress on the bunk bed. Like, somebody got up, and I climbed back into the bottom bunk, and I could hear the wheezing dissipate like they were walking out of the room. And then this was uh, later in the year. Uh, it was around... It might have gone into 2002, because uh, Cocky by Kid Rock had come out, and that's important. I would just like to point out that Alan supposedly was a skeptic until he moved in with me. Yeah. But you well, know, this no. weird shit happened no, okay. to him. Listen, at one point I believed in ghosts and then I quit believing. Well, how, what, how, how do you do that? If you, if you believed in something, you don't just stop believing in it. You can. No, you can't. You start believing in, like, more science and stuff. Uh, no. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Anyway, 
Uh, this okay. So this was toward the end of 2001, and uh, I'd gotten uh, Snoop Dogg's album Doggy Style on a cassette, and we were listening to it one night. And all this weird shit started happening. The dorm rooms, the dorm, they were like, you know, basically painted cinder block. And we could hear it sounded like keys jingling outside of our lock, outside of our door. And at first we thought, you know, is RA or something, somebody come and tell us to turn it down. Because we lived at the very end of the hall. Um, there was our room and then there was a door to a stairwell where we heard the keys. We opened the door, looked out nothing, you know, heard him again, looked, the stairwell door wasn't closed, and I mean, literally, we got to where we would stand by the door, and as soon as we started hearing him, we'd yank it open. We also heard what sounded like somebody throwing hard plastic at the walls, so, said, okay, so we turned off Snoop, put on some more music, nothing happened, put Snoop back on, and the weird shit started to happen again, and I said, let's try something, put on uh, the Cocky album, and it had a song with a uh, Kid Rock did a song with Snoop, and it was fine when it was just Kid Rock doing his thing, but as soon as Snoop started, it started up again, and Snoop's part would end, and it would calm down. It was just really weird, uh, and I also lived in an apartment off campus. It was a two-bedroom apartment, and I couldn't keep a roommate, and it wasn't anything I did. It was just... No, seriously. <laughs> I live with you. <laughs> Keep me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the second bedroom it didn't it didn't have a window or anything. It was a basement apartment, and I think that second room was actually like fully underground. But um, I never liked that room. You know, I, could, I had my choice of room when I moved in, and I just no, I didn't want that room. Well, both roommates I had had dreams about somebody hanging themselves in that room. How did you get roommates? Did you like put an ad in the paper? Or? Um, one I, one was a guy I worked with, mm -hmm. and he ended up not being able to afford it. Mm -hmm. And another one I put a like little uh, uh, papers up with you know my number on it, and you could tear it and stuff. Anyway. Uh, both of them had dreams about somebody hanging themselves in that room. I just never been able to do that. What? Like live with a total rando. Oh. But uh, like I said I'd go in. I'd very very rarely entered into that room. Like it stayed empty. I didn't use it for storage or anything. I just kept the door shut and never messed with it when nobody was there. You know. When did you stop believing in ghosts? Let's discuss this. When did I stop believing in ghosts? Uh -huh. When I started watching stuff about skepticism and like why they couldn't be real and why they didn't exist. I don't think you really ever stopped believing. No, I really didn't. I really don't believe you. Okay. You know why? Why? Because you were so easily to jump right back in that wagon. I think you just wanted to aggravate the piss out of Jesse, or you just wanted to pretend that you didn't believe because it scared the shit out of you. Because I know how you reacted when you thought that I was singing Ace of Spades. You were trying to set poultry seasoning <coughs> on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... No, I mean, there really was a time I didn't believe in ghosts. I mean... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Like, I went from believing to not believing to reluctant believer. Reluctant? You believe more than I do. What do you mean? You buy into more shit than I do. I do not. Yes, you do. <laughs> You're like, oh, look at this. <laughs> I can move across the table like condensation and gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want there to be ghost. Put my knife down. I, <laughs> like I believe because I've experienced stuff myself. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't believe other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like I'm I, I'm a skeptical believer. Like mm -hmm. I know there's so many people because I mean I've experienced shit that I was later able to be like, okay, well that's what happened. Yeah. Because in the, I know in the moment when you're scared, you think that this stuff has happened, or you know, like you think you've seen something and you can't rationalize it at that moment. Yeah. So you have to be able to step back from it and be like, okay. And you have to be able to think about everything that was going on at that point in time. Like, what could it have been? And if there's, like, any other possible explanation, that's what you need to go with besides others' ghosts. Well, I mean, and that's how I was or am. No, it's not. I mean, I don't know how you were then, but I know now I'm the more rational of the two of us. I don't think everything's a ghost. Look at me. I don't think everything's a ghost. <laughs> yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. More than I do. Okay, whatever. But, I don't know. I think because, I don't know. It's like, I don't like, there's all these new ghost show, shows that are coming out this year. Like the Ghost Hunters guys, that, you know, from TAPS. Like there's, there's Ghost Hunters, but it's got like Grant and like these new people. And then, like, Jason Holden, and then he got, like, Ghost Nation. And I watch these shows, and I used to be so into, like, watching it. Now I'm just so fucking bored because it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like... There's been some stuff that I watched that was pretty fucking cool. But, like, I don't want to just see the same shit over and over and over. Like, you know... You know, just, I don't know, it's boring. Yeah. But... Uh, so oh we got answers to last week's question well I'd asked on my personal page because I'm friends with a lot of people at work at Sloss you know um, if they had had any experiences and <coughs> I didn't get a lot my friend Stitches came in with one um, dude I work with he said he had an experience it all started with the first beer and ended with the 52nd then um Paul, I'm not sure how to say his last name, he asked about the podcast. Uh, Troy came, Troy Dunn came with some really good stuff. He said, it looks like you're not finding many that has had a paranormal experience. I was all interested in hearing some tales. I believe that some old factories have any stories to tell. The Fear Factory here in Salt Lake, which they have done on like Ghost Adventures, I think, yeah. uh, is active, and he saw a good shadow figure, or seen a good shadow figure story. Otherwise, I think factories are hit and miss. I said, Ed told us to dig up some good research, and he came in with a good show and great info on this area. Very interesting that it turned into a concert video. I feel there isn't much activity there. Maybe a very light residual activity, and he uh, thanked, you, thanked us for the history of Sloss Furnace. I, um, to talk, because I'm, I'm glad he, you know, he said it was a good episode. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to respond to that, and I meant to, I meant to respond on there, and then I thought, I'll do it on here. I have always thought that Sloss was more residual, even though, like, people have said they've, like, the deal with, like, Tracy. I didn't experience yeah. that, so I don't know. And like I said, you know, he got separated from us at a concert, and but there have been people who have said that somebody has helped them, like, through the area. Mm -hmm. But I have always thought that Sloss was residual because... Of the kind of energy mm -hmm. that took place there, how many people died there, just that that whole and that that whole area is still very much a working. You know, um, they don't they don't have the steel mills. Yeah. But they have like uh, well, O'Neill Steels are they still have their you know yeah their their they their, their melting thing mm -hmm. and I mean Sloss has a metal arts program now like uh they don't do a lot of stuff but i had a friend who took welding classes they do some small yeah like, but that's stuff. different yeah. That, yeah. i'm not talking i'm talking about like the big like mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. you know where they, where they found luna and in, in, in raven yeah. i mean like they but that was they're actually supposed to turn that on to the blast furnace and stuff so i mean but the thing is is like um 
I do believe that it is very residual. I think that because this people experience the same shit in the same places, it's not like it's moved around a lot. I mean, there are the occasional differing things that happen, but a lot of stuff is either straight up totally fake, like the whole ghost adventure shit was was you know slag, or it's um like I, it's just extremely yeah. residual. But your friend had a, a reply to that that was pretty cool. Uh, my friend Michael Baker, he was a magician at Slow's Fright Furnace for several, several, several years. He was there longer than I was. Uh, and he said, I may remember this. I don't. But uh, it was when I was there, uh, the early parts, because she quit being the nurse after a while. Several of us were at the nurse's station. Her name was Connie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw smoke coming out of one of the stacks. Lots of it. At first, we wondered if one of the smoke machines from the trail was being drafted up through it. Then we learned the trail did not go anywhere near where the stack was. No idea what it was, but several of of us saw it. And then he said, "Phantom smoke." And so, we I don't we talk I talked to Mike a lot about you know the hauntings and stuff. A lot of people did, and him being a magician and stuff, he was always on the skeptic side because he was like, "Look, I know how to make you think a building's haunted." Yeah. You know, and he. And the fact that he came out with this, that because I don't remember him talking about it, but I know it would have been one of the times I was, you know, my time there. Were the stacks in by the woods? Um, I'm not sure. Because I'm, I'm remembering the nurses' station. It was, uh... <coughs> I want to say they're, like, they're off to the side of the property, aren't they? I think so, but then... Well, the reason why I was saying that is because not so much that it could have been something y'all were doing mm-hmm. it could have been somebody out there with a fire or something yeah. and it looked like it was coming out of the stacks not mm-hmm. saying that's what it was yeah. but you know I mean like I said that property is huge there's a mm-hmm. lot of shit on there that's why they have to sweep the property before they bring anybody in that's why like, when they bring the, the, the school kids and stuff in to do like field trips and shit they have to bring in extra security to sweep the entire property in those buildings. And anytime they have any, like, paranormal researchers and shit, that's why, like, if you want to do, like, a full investigation, you have to pay money because you have to pay to have the property, like, locked yeah. down. But, anything else? Well, we did the, did the question oh, episode. Yeah. And, uh, let me get to it. Because that I said on my personal page and... This was on the group page, okay. Uh, so question of the week, what's a haunted location in your town? Uh, Lars came in, and this is crazy to me. He said, our local cinema, he said, when a character in the movie dies, shadow move, shadows move across the screen. And I said, whoa, that's insane. And Lars came back, he said, insanely creepy. My friend just won't go in there anymore, so I have to go to the movie all alone. Scary shit. I wish I had asked him more. I'll ask him on here. Hopefully, he listens. When, when you talk about a character dying on screen, if if you're watching something like a Saving Private Ryan or Black Hawk Down or something, where there's a whole lot of characters dying at once, is it just what it, does it is, is it different? Does anything happen, or is it more like you know, if you're watching a, a horror movie or an action movie where it's not a lot of deaths at one time? I'm just curious about that. Yeah. But that is crazy to me. Um, good friend Steve's he asked if tweakers counted as zombies I said they do <laughs> uh, Sortness, Ryan Sortness said uh, the St. Vincent Hospital I work at he didn't say what happened yeah. and he also said the old police chief's house heard stories from his son and the chief said it wasn't malicious but definitely let its presence be known Yeah. <clears throat> he lives in Montana oh cool Yeah. but uh, that's what we got from that um, you got something for this week? I think next week we're going to try and cover, even though we covered like two of the colleges in Alabama, I want to know, I want to get out of Alabama mm-hmm. and start looking at some places like in other states and stuff. Yeah. So, I won't like like a place and give us some details mm-hmm. of like some places where like either you know of where you live whatever 
like throw us some details of some places yeah. and stuff because we're going to be looking some different places right. up and uh or if there's any places that they want us to look up and to talk about um because i think the rest of this month we're just going to cover like just different places around the globe so it doesn't have to be in the United States. Just, you know, because one of the places I'm gonna talk about is Chernobyl. Oh yeah. So, question of week: What's a haunted place in your hometown? I know that sounds like last week's, but uh, then give us some names and details of the place, and let us know if there are any locations you'd like us to cover and we will look them up I'll try and find as much as I can about them and that's what we'll be doing for the rest of the month alright thank y'all right, um, have good a good night, night. All right.